It's episode 13 of The Boost with Kelly Farrell, founder of Design Room. Let's go. All right. Welcome to episode 13 of The Boost, conversations with people promoting mental health. I'm your host, Steve Turney, and I'm here with Kelly Farrell, the founder of Design Room, which is a behavioral and mental health a branding agency. And uh, Kelly's a longtime friend of mine. Um, she's been an amazing supporter through her company and herself through a conference I run. And she's an amazing uh, brand strategist and uh, agency owner. So excited to talk with uh, you today, Kelly. How are you? I'm great, Steve. A little frazzled, but I'm settling down. Um, always nervous to do this kind of stuff, but um, I'm really excited to be here. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I remember the f the first podcast I did. This is number 13, which I'm I'm very proud of because uh somebody told me the other day that podcasts uh typically fizzle out after number 7. So, oh, really? episode 7. So, here we are on 13 and uh and going strong. Um but I was so nervous on my first podcast and I don't I don't quite know why. You don't seem nervous to me. So that's that's fabulous. But uh, having a frazzled day or week. Uh, I know you you have a lot going on, a lot of clients mm -hmm. and client work. So yeah, mm -hmm. I can empathize with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Friday and it's lovely to know we have a couple days off here. So it's nice. Yeah, weekends around the corner. Yeah. So maybe we can uh, maybe we can turn the tide on your day and have a fun conversation <laughs> and enjoy it um, with uh, two questions that we'll start out with and then the conversation that follows. So uh, we always do this. Uh, the first question is, is the virtual hug, which is a, just a moment of gratitude, and then we'll jump to the shameless plug. So uh, give us your uh, virtual hug. Tell us somebody or something you're thankful for today. So um, I'm in the Midwest and I am very grateful that it, I love the rain. I live on the lake. And it's, it rained yesterday and it's really calm today. And I'm just grateful that it's calm out because my windows are open and fresh air is kind of running through uh, my office. And it's, I'm very grateful for that. Kind of calms me down um, when it's, when I'm frazzled. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't used to have an office that faced the lake. So I really do uh, value and appreciate it. I was thinking I would, it wouldn't be any big deal, but honestly, it makes a difference. So it's um, incredible. Mm -hmm. Can you put your finger mm -hmm. on why that is? Why? I mean, I'm the same way, like a lake or an ocean, like mm -hmm. a body of water. I'm instantly calmed. Mm -hmm. I did a, I'm a member of EO, which is an entrepreneurial organization. When we just did a retreat in March in Michigan and we brought in some consultants or some story, storytellers, they helped us write our own stories. And there was one gentleman that was a scientist about bringing people out into the, and I'm sure you know this from other people you podcast, you podcast with that do outdoor kind of therapeutical work. It, it, and he just went through the whole process of what that actually does to your brain. And it, I don't know, I believed it. I, I did. I was like, it does, you don't realize it, but it changes your kind of your brain chemistry or the way you, it calms you down. It's a, it, I, I mean, it's a fact, it's this, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. I don't, I don't know if that answered your question, but 
Um, he explained it really eloquent, eloquently because we were outside in the snow in Michigan and it was definitely rejuvenating, clearing. And I live in the four seasons, so I get all of that. You know, I'm lucky. I think I'm lucky. A lot of people wouldn't be up for it, but I believe that that just kind of helps me um, kind of have this extra way of kind of like resetting, if you will, or re-energizing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know all the science behind it. I mean, getting out <laughs> into the sunshine is uh, mm -hmm. definitely a boost of serotonin, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, that's a mm -hmm. great thing mm -hmm. for our bodies and, um, mm -hmm. and vitamin D and all of that good stuff from the mm -hmm. sunshine. And then, yeah, a lot of people talk about grounding, like even getting mm -hmm. their feet into the grass mm -hmm. and just plugging mm -hmm. into maybe, you know, our feet as receptacles, some kind of vitamin rich, nutrient rich experience. Um, yeah. And then the fresh air, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know all the reasons, but it does seem to just mm -hmm. supercharge or recharge me when I'm when I'm feeling mm -hmm. in a funk. It's usually mm -hmm. time to um, either exercise or go for a walk is the thing that's probably mm -hmm. most therapeutic for me is just get outside for a long, slow walk. Mm -hmm. And whatever that is, it just kind of resets the cadence mm -hmm. in my in my mind and body. So yeah, I'm all for getting outside. Quick shit, quick story. I was really hectic day. I'm up on the third floor of this. Um, my office is up on third floor and it was, I couldn't think I couldn't focus. I was all over the place and I had to get something done. So I just ran downstairs, brought my little chair. I have a chair down there and I just kind of like, okay, settle down. And I was right by the water and the sun was beaten down. We've had some really good weather. Um, and I just recharged myself and kind of got my head on, like refocused, you know, breathed, you know, did my breath work and went back up here. And I was like, okay, I got this. <laughs> I can mm. do it. <laughs> it's really nice to do. Yeah. We had our office in the city for like, I don't know, 20 years. And it just was not, that was not, it was not happening in the city. So it's yeah. really nice to have. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That reminds me of the Bruce Lee uh, little clip, uh, you know, be like water, you know, where water <laughs> finds its own level. And so maybe maybe that's a little part of it. You know, we're looking out at the mm -hmm. lake and it's just sort of mm -hmm. it's level and calm and it's found its mm -hmm. uh, equilibrium or it's, uh, uh, you know, it's it's regressed to kind of its own mean, you know, it finds its mm -hmm. place and then it's just really calming. So, yeah. Yeah. I wish I was on one right now. Be nice. <laughs> A little well, long let's. It was, <laughs> that's good. That's great. Yeah, mm -hmm. more gratitude the better. Um, but let's jump mm -hmm. to the shameless plug. Tell us about the work mm -hmm. you're doing. Tell us about your company and and uh, yourself mm -hmm. and the work you're doing too. So, um, Design Room's been around twenty plus years. I'm a graphic designer by trade. My dad was a nut and bolt salesman, and he um, always encouraged me to. You know, do freelance here and there for his nut and bolt buddies. And um, eventually uh, I just decided to try it on my own as a freelancer and then um, eventually started hiring people, um, you know, several years down the road. And in I realized I was a, we were a generalist firm and I realized I wasn't going to carry us forward. It wasn't the work we liked doing, being all things to all people. 
So we folk, we did a complete analysis on the work we were doing, the clients we were working with and the money we were kind of the revenue we were kind of making and the profit on that. <clears throat> Walked through that with a consultant and decided to niche in on healthcare at the high level. That means hospitals, device, and all of the services around it. And then we did that for a number of years. And then we ended up niching in even further into healthcare, which is into behavioral health, behavioral health, substance use, um, community mental health centers, and all of the, you know, like we do a billing company for, we've done billing company work for people that plug into all the ancillary services that surround those, that industry. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's how we niched into behavioral health. We keep our studio. I have my whole career kept it really small. Um, I've always brought in web, brought in digital, brought in writer. You know, we don't have a slew of writers on our staff, but we have writers for each client. Um, but we have a, a really talented creative director that's worked with me. We have two other creative people, one digital person. They're all directors. And we kind of keep it high level and bring in the talent we need. Yeah. Um, so um, that when you focus in, um, did work for the National Association of Addiction Treatment Providers, and that kind of like just launched us into all different kinds of directions um, as far as this work goes. And when you niche in, you can't stay local. My kids were grown at that point, so I just started traveling, doing conferences, and really connecting with people. Um, and that was, it's a, I love working with CEOs that understand the value of a brand and having a differentiator in the market to help them stand out. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's, it's hard work, but it is really fulfilling in my yeah. career. I was telling my creative director and I were talking the other day. It's like, if we look back at our body of work, like, are we super proud or what, you know, like we're just super proud of our work. So, cause we look at a lot of portfolios as we're looking for other talent and it's like, Ooh, I don't know if I would have wanted to, to go down in that direction or that direction when you see other bodies of work. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, studio have been very, uh, very grateful and appreciative for the clients I've worked with for and the talent that has worked at Design Room. They're awesome creatives, really smart people, way smarter than I am. <laughs> so, yeah, understand strategy, cool. understand communication. Yeah. So. Go yeah. ahead. Un it's understand design. strategy and what? Yeah. So, you know. So our designers are smart. They understand uh, our, our, our creative talent, creative director, digital design director, and you know, a, 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 a designer, we have a crew of people. Um, they understand that it's not just making it look cool. It's about what is gonna stand out for the organization, whether it's the word, whether it's the color, whether it's the, the design, whether it's the image, whether it's the kind of like, how are we going to get them to stand out? The format, mm -hmm. digital, you know, traditional, all, all of the different ways to think about things for our clients. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned the phrase high level and you, you, you could definitely teach the master's course on branding. Um, but maybe we stair step it up uh, from sort of the mm -hmm. 101 because it is a funny word like brand and branding and it has some, some connotation. Um, and I would love to hear your own definition mm -hmm. of brand and how you think about that word. Like what's the eco, what's the sphere around that word and how do you define it for clients? So our tagline is 
Um, we help organizations who help people build healthy brands. So we look at it through a little specific lens, right? We want your inside perception because we believe in our heart that everyone has a differentiator. Everyone. It doesn't matter if you're doing the same thing in two towns over. So we believe that your inside culture, meaning your people, your clients, your services that you provide, your location, kind of like any specialty staff that you have on site, any specialty products or services that you're doing. If you and you look at, you know, your board member, everybody, you look at your whole inside culture, all of the pieces and assess it and decide what what are you going to put a stake in the ground around? What's your differentiator? What's going to help you stand out? And then we take that and make it match on the outside, on your outside perception. So your inside culture needs to match your outside perception. And that is work. So that's why we call it a value. It's an investment. Um, because once you get that right, aspirationally for today, um, because we look at strategic plan, we look at we look at your org chart. We talk to you about what's what what aspirationally you want to um, feel like, be like, um, talk like in the future. And we believe that uh, uh, your inside culture needs to match your outside perception. Yes, at the end of the day, we do logos, we do taglines, we do websites because we believe also that branding touches everything in your organization. Everything. Um, we find that. When the CEOs are on board 100% and they're involved, um, and they it's a it's a time commitment for them mm -hmm. uh, that that what comes through, and it, and if we can um, work with that information we get with that with those work sessions, um, we can pull it outside and make it a visual visual connection to the brand. So I don't know if I answered your question. Let's see. So inside culture needs to match outside perception around a differentiator or what makes you stand out in the market. Mm -hmm. And then your brand touches everything. And yeah. that's how we build healthy brands for our clients. So if they want us to come in and just do a design, that's not really a fit for us. We're going to dig deep. We're going to do the hard work. We're going to drag you through a little bit of um, kind of like messiness for sure yeah. and sort some things out. Look at who your referrals are. Your referrals are also part of the mix as well. That's your inside culture. And kind of pull all that. Look at all the patterns and pull all of it through to one clear, compelling, concise message for the outside, both visually and verbally, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. And I'm glad you mentioned the CEO, which, I mean, more often than not is the is the, the head of the, you know, company. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. figuratively speaking, and, and there's a metaphor there, you know, um, for mental health. And I mean, so often the culture flows down from whoever mm -hmm. is at the top running it. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what are your, um, what do you love to see? You mentioned some things like engagement, you know, willing to invest the time, do the work, mm -hmm. um, probably believe in this concept of branding to begin with, but what are some of the things you look for and, or what's a red flag or two where you're like, oh, this is just a non-starter, my friend. We, we need to do some work yeah. before we can get to the brand work. So I guess these are, these are things I look at high level instantly. It's, it's getting a little harder to, because those CEOs are a little bit, they're, they're just post COVID. They're a little tired, but 
Hmm. is what we look for. Our, they're usually enlightened. Our clients are enlightened. I mean, what hmm. I mean by that is they know they need it. And they might even have an inside team, but the inside team is doing everything. Now they have to do all things social, all things digital. We're at a sixth grade level. I mean, so everything has to be simplified. Then, then we've got to have multi-language, you know, everything trans and we have to have, everything has to be accessible or ADA compliant, yeah. you know, so there's the inside teams are working really hard. And then to be an expert at um, things, it's, it's hard. So they understand they need it. They might have a team, but they want to support them. Sometimes we're seen as kind of a threat, but we're really not. We're there to help them um, move to the next level. Not the marketing team, but give them some tools to do that. They're already really fine um, professionals. I'm just working with them. Um, we also look for, um, so are they, are they going through some major change of any kind? Like, mm. Um, it's, uh, any change. Are they, are they acquiring someone? Are they acquire building? They're going to bolt on a new product offering. Are they going to like really up their game clinically? Are they changing a process that is really significant to the organization? So we look for some kind of change that's going on. So those are real and, and the CEO has time and we have some money. They don't need a ton of money, but they need to have enough to have in their budget that's a set aside that they can invest in this and it not burden um, their overall plan budget for the year. So those are kind of the things that I just check in and see if I can identify any of those things when I'm initially talking to individuals. Um, so, so those are some things that if those are all there, then we can have some really, really good conversations and I could show them examples about assessment and what that could lead to mm -hmm. um, if they are interested in that. Yeah. Um, red flags are if they're, they don't have any time. Time is really valuable to this, um, the, these individuals. They're really, they're trying to keep their organizations afloat and keep their staff happy and engaged so it's a lot, there's a lot going on. So a red flag is um, that there's no, I can't get everyone in the same room at the same time to have a really good conversation. Like that is a red flag to me, you know, so there's not too many red flags. Um, uh, like um, that's kind of a, a big one is around time and mm -hmm. zero money to invest. Yeah. yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they've got so, to have some money. Ideally, they're mm -hmm. at this moment of change or inflection mm -hmm. where they're they're mm -hmm. moving from one thing to another. They're launching a new mm -hmm. uh, subsidiary or new product line mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the enlight the enlightenment bit that's that's I've never heard mm -hmm. it described that way before. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love that because oh, it's almost impossible to convince somebody who doesn't know they even need mm -hmm. convincing or want mm -hmm. to be open to the prospect of being convinced. So mm -hmm. yeah, to maybe move on <laughs> in certain mm -hmm. instances where you're just running into the brick wall. I mean, of course you can put your best foot forward with an argument to, you know, mm -hmm. try to give them the information they need to make a good decision about why their brand might need a refresh or an overhaul. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, yeah, work with people who are ready for change. Yeah. Yeah. I also look for their mission, vision, and values. Like hmm. 
if that's baked, you know, if they have that baked and just check and see if they're living it. I don't, there's no real way to check that honestly, but um, just kind of understand, you know, in assessment time, sometimes we'll clean up the values because they're all over the place if we're allowed. Mm -hmm. um, but if they have mission, vision and values and they have, it's just another thing that helps with um, securing fit, no fit. Yeah. For if they're up for a brand, because they've already done that hard work. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's hard work. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and you can do that for them if they don't have it, like the mission, vision, mm -hmm. values kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'm I'm fascinated with this idea of corporations and uh, corporations as an entity. And the word corporation is related mm -hmm. to the word body. And mm -hmm. I've been at a number of companies and there's always what I call the smile and the guts you know there's like the outside mm -hmm. like shiny smile mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. there's the inside kind of the the grind and the messiness and um you know incentives get involved and uh and emotions get involved and it's just it's amazing how the work continues to get done despite it being done by imperfect humans that we are mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so we've talked about the ceo but talk about the culture side of things like when is it when is it ideal? Uh, what's the sort of culture you're looking for? And when do you have to say, no, you actually need to maybe do some culture work here uh, before we can get to brand? Or is there a way to move forward kind of without that? Yeah, it's there. It's there. Um, I don't really say culture, no culture. Mm -hmm. it's, there is a culture, whether you it's like I always say you have a brand, whether you know it or not, you know, you have it. It's you work on it or you pay attention to it or you don't, the culture's there. It's just, what are we pulling through? What is like a pattern within the culture that we can help highlight or shine a light on to help them stand out, the organization stand out or appear uh, or just match their outside perception again. Mm -hmm. That the inside marketing team, they're doing so many things. They can't work on all that. It's a lot, it requires, you have to have downtime. You have to have time to be able to think. You got to go out and do research. We got to yeah. look because we do look at competitors as well. Hmm. Um, it's more today with digital. It's more about um, just clutter in the market, honestly. Then you got to look at your competition, but it's clutter. It's confusion. We're trying to be all things. We're chasing shiny objects, which we don't need to. If you have a solid brand, you can say no to things as easy as you can say yes, because it's clear, you know exactly what you stand for, you know exactly, your brand guidelines give you all of that framework. So you don't have to chase things, oh, I think I should be doing this, or I think I should add this, or it gives it gives your team and even leadership, I, our, C, our favorite CEO, we have a couple now, but we, our favorite CEO, he would, he was the brand ambassador. He would, he would, he, yeah. Hey, that's not used right correctly. We don't do that with the logo. I don't know what I don't know what you think about clutter and branding. What do you what do you what do you think about it? Like, um, is that part of anyone's you know your conversations you're having with people? Is it might not be in your? Um, I mean, you're 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 the expert. I would say, um, <laughs> just in the physics. In the physical world, I believe that mm -hmm. there is, um, you know, if you're trying to build a robust 
organization or corporation, let's say, there mm -hmm. are two ways to do it. Of course, you build muscle. And um, mm -hmm. I think strengthening uh, your message, strengthening what you stand for, and having your yes, like this is our strength. This is, you know, you mentioned uh, planting the flag. And, uh, you know, there's mm -hmm. a there's a phrase that I've heard about branding where it's it's planting the flag um, sort of on the mountaintop as your like, what's the path to your position of advantage? You know, so the flag points you to the place where you can say, come with us because we help you win. And so it ultimately becomes like this promise that you're giving to customers that are seeing you and they're looking up at you and they're saying, oh, yeah, I can. I can see the advantage of that and I can see the path forward to, to working with you. So that's great. Um, but then in life, there's always the reduction and there's always, I think, uh, an importance to consider essentialism, uh, sort of that concept of, of mm -hmm. less, yeah. but better. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to be rudimentary, you can take this sort of a brand perspective, but to continue the topic of just, you know, uh, a corporation as a body of people, um, you know, if you're trying to, if you're trying to get a six pack of abs, let's say the quote in the gym is, well, abs are made in the kitchen actually. So, you know, you can, you sure. can work your abs out, but at some point you're going to have to like figure out the caloric <laughs> intake. And so I, I, I think there's, I think there's a direct parallel with brand. And I think that's why the simple brands, that's why Apple, um, you know, that's why some of the copywriters that we saw in the sixties and seventies that were so, I mean, Volkswagen is a great example. Um, but there were others where it's like a, it's like this French cuisine sauce, this reduction that is so powerful, but it's not reduced beyond what's, uh, what's critical to, to, um, to the overall culture or the message or the, the dish that you're trying to serve. So I don't know where that takes you from a brand perspective, but that's where my mind goes. It's good. It's not reduced beyond recognition. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So mm -hmm. I, I think I want to throw one other thing about brand today in there that I didn't earlier is that with our talent shortage in everywhere, but mm. in healthcare specifically, um, having a solid brand online, digital presence um, in trying to attract talent or getting a talent to understand your culture, what you stand for. It's so important. I mean, uh, besides taking a position and saying what's different about you as far as the clients go and who you serve better, um, from a talent standpoint, it's also equally as important to have that message and that culture out there so that, you know, because no, no matter what, if they don't like you, follow you, or any of that, they're looking at you if they're considering your organization to hire or to work for or to engage with. They're mm -hmm. looking at all things that are linked to your brand, all things. So having a strong, you know, putting that stake in the ground and having a strong brand position and um, really highlighting or featuring your culture in the digital world is so important. It's so yeah. important today. And in part for recruiting is what you're what you're mm -hmm. saying in part mm -hmm. to attract yeah. and also mm -hmm. keep talent, but to mm -hmm. 
really quickly right. communicate right. what you're about in the market to people mm -hmm. who are looking. Yeah. So whether, whether it's for maybe that result or another, is there a story, like, is there a success story you can tell us uh, about maybe a client that sort of like brings us into the real world of like the work you did mm -hmm. and sort of their reaction yeah. to it or some, some outputs. So, um, uh, as far as positioning goes, um, we have worked with a behavioral health center and in Ohio that had three different names, like it had three different bolted on names. We went through and, and then board, the board kind of gets fed up at some point and says, you know, I think you need to work on this. So internal team worked on it, did their best, very best. And then they decided to engage with an outside firm and we were in the mix, in the hunt for that work. And they chose us and we went through a process of really looking at, you know, what was going on within their organization, where they wanted to go. And this is a $10 million smaller firm, but still solid. They do um, domestic violence, um, substance use, uh, mental health. They do therapy counseling. Um, they do residential. They'll, they do, they have all the, the continuum there. Um, but they're out in rural Ohio. You don't need to come to the city to get this work done. You really don't, but nobody knew, right? Cause they had this hodgepodge of names. They have a domestic violence shelter there. That's amazing for full families. Um, they have a whole process and protocol around keeping you safe. Um, and so we looked at all of that and we renamed them 180 because of where um, they, you know, it's helping you change direction. No, hmm. helping you change direction. We're not gonna say we're gonna completely change you, but it's giving you the tools, the support, the guidance to um, um, position you for success as a productive citizen, right? And yeah. a healthy, productive citizen. So we worked with a few board members. We came up with the name. We did a rebrand with the board and key staff as well. And a lot of things we talked about were aspirational. I want to have a women's home right here. And I don't want it to be like an old clunky one. I want it to be a lovely one, even if mm. it's in suburbia or out in the, out in the, um, it's in, out in the country. Mm -hmm. And um, so all of that went into um, the, the consideration. Now they do, they have a really strong website. We read to the website. Um, worked with a firm on the outside. We, we work with firms to build websites on strategy, on brand, help mm -hmm. with the content. Um, and now we do, cause they don't have like lots of money to throw in advertising every month. Right. <clears throat> and is their audience even looking at, you know, how are, how are we going to get to them? So they do um, a really rich, robust newsletter. They named it. We branded it. We do, um, we do interviews with Keith, um, 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 uh, key influencers like um, uh, their talent within the organization to highlight their talent. Uh, we post that all over the place. It links, you know, always goes back to their website and we're tracking all kinds of numbers. Who's calling, um, what kind of response we get on everything. And we link everything to social and we share everything. And it is, it's, we've been working on this for 24 months with them really conservative, but smart spend on their behalf that's built into their budget um, that we work with their marketing department, which is one person and she's overworked. She loves sure. working with us because yeah. we can support her 
and give her um, lots of things to think about. Because if she has to brainstorm something, she calls it. We meet with them weekly. We have a whole meeting cadence with our full team, 30 minutes. We like have a working session like once a week um, so that we can kind of help keep everything moving. That's what I find that once you launch it into their world, um, is try to get approval or guidance, like it gets lost in all their work. And so we have a regular meeting so that if they didn't get to it, we just talk about it the next meeting. Fine. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I mean? So I've kind of like tried to figure out how to work with firms that are overworked, if you Mm -hmm. will. And I know it seems like crazy, but when I first started my business, I would work for an agency and they kept all the creatives in the back. We weren't allowed to speak to clients, see clients, engage with clients, nothing. And I thought, you know, I want to work with clients. If I ever get my own agency, all the creatives are going to meet with the clients right off the bat. Why, why are we not bringing creatives to the table? And I realized this was a long time ago. It might be different in agency world today, but back then we were not engaged. We were creating things um, with a little project brief or a creative brief, no interaction with anyone. And our creatives are on the kickoff call. They're part of every conversation every week. They ask questions. They contribute. We work together. I believe that in that rub, in that consternation of, you know, trying to figure things out, the best work comes. The best work comes in the collaboration because clients mm-hmm. know way more than you do, even though you think you know more than them. They, you don't. They know way more than you do. You just have to bring it through. Mm-hmm. They don't have the ability to bring it through. I love that part of our job. Like, that's yeah. my favorite. Yeah, that's interesting. That's curious why creatives were kept in the back room. Um, <laughs> creatives are sort of the the heart, you know, like they they're mm-hmm. the intuitive um, sort of soul and heart. And then you have the, mm-hmm. um, you know, way back in the day, you had like the, the Mad Men, uh, the the business sided, <laughs> you know, pitch the pitch people, and uh, mm-hmm. and that's all about sort of head and business savvy. And so the collaboration, mm-hmm. yeah, to break down that wall and to have uh, the client mm-hmm. speaking from their experience and then mm-hmm. to have the creatives in the room along with, mm-hmm. yeah, a diverse group around the table. Yeah, that's, I mean, I agree. That's the way to mm-hmm. um, tap into people's perspective. And it's simple, it's simple logic, mm-hmm. which is look at a problem from as many angles as you can mm-hmm. while you can early, you know, as Seth Godin, I think says thrash it early. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like let's, let's look at this thing and break it down as quickly as we can, mm-hmm. rather than at the 11th yeah. hour, having somebody sweep yeah. in and say, oh, well, you know, you didn't ask for my opinion, but, uh, you know, yeah. and then you're two steps back. Quick story about how I started doing assessments. I learned it. I learned it from some seminar I went on all the different things I had to do. And I would go and do all that work. Eight weeks, we'd work on it, right? And then I'd come back and present. They had no idea they even hired us and they didn't know why they hired us. They didn't know actually what we were doing. (laughs) So I I mean, I learned that the hard way. I would go, I would get this job and I'd be so happy, Mm -hmm. do all the work, do all the interviewing, get it all on paper, synthesize it up, get key recommendations ready, go set that meeting, go tell them about it. And they're like, Oh, we even forgot we hired you. Like, like, I could barely keep them on subject. I could barely even keep them engaged because they had so checked out of the whole project, you know? But no, we do it differently. We meet weekly. And um, I know, I know that everybody's kind of might be doing other work on some of these calls, but um, it, it's just, it, when it, 
uh, when we're all together, we can tackle a situation. Like if I can't get a hold of somebody, they can help me get a hold of somebody. And I can have that conversation the next week or, you know, if it if it takes me that long to tell the per, my client. But I mean, things just happen in real time, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it's way more efficient than and way more collaborative, which is the best. So mm-hmm. don't do what I did back in the day. It was <laughs> D- Disappear, come back weeks later for the big you know, you throw back the curtain. They're like, oh, yeah. who are you? Yeah. Wait, I forgot I even, yeah. That was <laughs> signed off on this work and you're all ready to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's something about that too, like the having the creative process uh, open behind the curtain and just, you know, mm-hmm. we don't need this big ta-da moment. As fun as that feels, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to to whip the sheet off of the display board and, and blow their minds with some creative that you've worked on. Uh, yeah, it's far better to, I think, have this kind of iterative approach with them and, and you're learning as you're going and tweaking as you're going. Uh, the world's just too, too fractured lately, you know, to like yeah. wait six to eight weeks for the big reveal uh, when you can just be working on it together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's on the assessment piece. So if we want to talk a brand, like get to the logo, if they need a logo, so once we're done with the assessment, they're like, okay, where's my logo? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, yeah. okay, you said we need a name. Where's my name? You know, they want that. <laughs> oh yeah. So, um, it's funny. And then if you think about it, um, uh, we have a whole, because of online now, we do a lot of work online. We close our office in Cleveland when COVID hit all of our, we work, we have working sessions with our team. We have, hmm cadence of meetings to keep things um uh keep things going and keep the work really great right Mm -hmm. so um uh at the beginning we get a a weekly meeting that's set because i know i know everybody's schedule if i willy-nilly it and try to so we set those meetings in advance like right when we sign a contract we get that for one-on-ones i have one-on-ones with the key ceo and then i also have team meetings with marketing so I can make sure I'm doing what the CEO wants as well as, cause I didn't used to do those back in the day, but now we do both. We have our working sessions and we have, I have one ops with the CEO to make sure that I'm not missing anything. Cause managing expectations and creative work is like the hardest part because mm-hmm. creative, we're making something. We're not pulling that book off of a shelf and handing it to you and saying it's five ninety nine. Yeah. We are making something for you. We make, Chad and I always talk about it. Like he's our creative director. He said, we make things every single day, <laughs> you know, like nothing is the same. Yeah. We can use a bit in, of this presentation for the, that, but we, we literally are creating, we've been doing it our whole career. It's, yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Creating. And then we create it. Yeah. yeah. So substantially different so than we, anything else that's been out there. Yeah. So for logo, we have a whole logo process we've refined that really gets, breaks it down. We're not just, you know, showing them finished logos, which is really pulls them through the process really well and mm-hmm. engages them. Like instead we used to go off and do design and then come back with that big reveal. And it's like, no, they gotta, they gotta participate. We don't mm-hmm. get to walk in their living rooms and see what kind of design they like. So how are we going to see what they like without, you know, do they like geometric? Do they like, you know, natural kind of shapes? Do they like chunky type? Do they like blue? 
So we do, do this whole process with even naming. We do a process for naming and we do a process for logo design and we can pull through that process, like all the different things we need to, in order to create what we need. Hmm. So it's hmm. really, really fun. And a, and a certain percentage of that work is simply what do they like? What's going to resonate with them and who are they? Like what resonates mm -hmm. with who they are and trying to pull that out. And then oh, yeah. of course, yeah. applying kind of best practice, what, you know, is this a modern font or is this a traditional mm -hmm. brand or, I mean, all sorts of considerations that way too. Yeah. We're, we're rebranding up, um, a treatment center right now in Texas and, um, yeah, it has the word horse in there, but we're not going to use horses for, I mean, we can't show all horses. This is, I know horse is obvious, right? But, um, so we, uh, we explored, because we knew the position, we knew what kind of tone the facility yeah. was. We knew mm -hmm. who the clinical directors are, they're highbrow, they're not. Mm -hmm. And so we brought some of that elegance and luxury through and it didn't have a horse, but we have, as professionals, you have to do all that study and kind of like walk them through and share that with them, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, and that gives us an understanding of what's gonna really work for them. Yeah. Because at the Without, end of the day, CEO get behind it a hundred percent and love it. Really. Mm -hmm. I know that's a big ask, but yeah. Yeah. So, so without so. being on the nose, like, or so literal, you know, you can bring in <laughs> sort of the essence of a, a horse's spirit or their motion or something like that. You yeah. know, like there's things, there's lots of things you can do other than, Hey, here's a picture of a horse with your horse brand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, you know, before we wrap, like zooming out to sort of, because you've been doing this a while, so, um, and you've been niched down into mental health and behavioral health for a while, step into sort of the macro view real quick and just give us like an insight on how things have maybe changed in the last five or 10 years. Um, like what's the, what are the waves that you're seeing of change happening in the industry? Um, so five, 10 years. So the past three, I mean, since COVID it's way different, not yeah. way different actually yeah. post COVID during COVID. So a lot of our smaller um, community mental health centers had not propped up some things once they were getting paid for telehealth, right? They hadn't done the digital work. They were too focused on doing clinical work. And um, so um, they had to prop up quickly. They had to get a digital footprint instantly. So we helped them with that, um, which means strong social, not just, you know, all the events, like, what do you actually do? How do you have a, you know, look professionally social mm -hmm. on social, but also have real content on social, like blogging your subject matter experts, um, talking about, you know, some key initiatives you're doing, what, who's doing what board level, state level, you know, how can we communicate some of that? So we prop, you know, a lot of, but the addiction treatment side, they already, they live and breathe digital. So they yeah. didn't need any work there. Um, uh, so my behavioral health centers were really needed a lot of work. So it was me organizing so they could afford it. And then what do they actually need organizing it? So to focus on what do they need? They need a referral source communication, they need a, a, a corporate communication consistently out of key constituents all the time. They need their social 
So we kind of bolted those things together into different ways based on what people could put in their budget. Hmm. You know what I mean? That's a yeah. three blogs from subject, subject matter experts, 20 social posts, um, this and that. We And we used like Airtable as our, um, um, uh, what do you call it? We use Airtable to control all of our content. Like, yeah. All, we put it all in there. We have this tool that we work with them. They can actually get in the tool hmm. and work on it. So digital tools and our clients, they they embraced it. So that's what we we researched them. We have mirror boards we use with our clients now. So getting them to be able to get on camera every week and work in a digital platform, like hmm. if they had to get an Airtable, if they had to, you know, add a post-it note to Miro, like those are some things. And if they didn't want to do it, we'd do it for them. But yeah. get them to be able to see things and understand um, what's possible. Yeah. You know, um, I don't I don't know if that's the answer to that question, but I'm thinking uh, there's probably a better one. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a great I think that's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great answer. And it shows how you're guiding your client through sort of the, the change, the uh, yeah. meeting them where they are with their digital sort of uh, expertise or lack of expertise in some instances and helping them adapt the right mm -hmm. tools that they can actually use. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's a good answer. I think it's a great answer. Well, Kelly, thanks, thanks. for being on the boost. Thanks, it's uh, wonderful to see you. Um, I'll see you in September in person. You're yeah. going to be presenting more about brand yeah. and starting at the top with your mm -hmm. brand for yeah. the mental health marketing conference and uh, stoked wait. to see you there. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It really is. Yeah. I can't wait for you to meet John, too. He's awesome. You're going to love him. I can't wait, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, stare at the lake this weekend. Reset. I will. Get some, I am. <laughs> get, some, get some zen in your life before Thank Monday. You. Yeah. All and right. thanks for being on the boost. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.